What would you do if you got an illness that knocked you down so hard you had to give up your job and move in with your parents for a while? Our guest on today's episode of Get More Success started her own business. Find out how she's gone from strength to strength purely because she was forced to quit her job. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of Get More Success. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. Now, today, we're going to be spending time talking about success in events with a person who, well, some people say they know events. This woman has written the book on what it takes to have successful events. Please welcome Kim Hess. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, now, let's start off with a question that I always ask all of my guests, and which is, how do you define success? Now, this is not just restricted to your business, but just... In, in your life, how do you define success? That is a great question and one I've been thinking about. For me, success is, I guess it's a few different things. For me, it's being a good person, living your life. I guess, you know, I'm lucky enough to be living my passion and, and be working my passion as well. So for me, it's about building a great lifestyle business where I can be really great at what we do, deliver a great service, but then also, you know, have time to spend with my family and my friends and, and traveling around too. So basically, it's trying to have a bit of everything, some fun at work, some fun with friends and, and have enough money coming in, but not be obsessed about the money as you go. Well... Yes. In a nutshell, yes. And that's always hard when you run your own business to try and um, find that balance as well. It really is, isn't it? You know, because I'm like many businesses, people say, well, there's this feast and famine, like there's lots of money at one stage and not at the others. And so it can be challenging not to obsess about it. So how do you do that? Like, because, you know, running your own business, how do you at the end of the day when you go home, or even if you're working from home, so you walk out of your home office into the rest of your, your life, how do you turn off? Huh. <laughs> See, that's a really great question. Um, I, I wasn't very good at it at the start. And after 13 years in business, I just sort of, you have to, you have to turn off, shut down the emails, shut down all the notifications on your phone. I don't check email after hours and nor do I reply via text messages and, and things like that when clients try to, I guess, sort of cross those lines almost as well. Do you find that your clients are... Uh accessing you later and later and weekends sort of don't seem to exist anymore, particularly in the event space, because a lot of events, particularly venues are open on weekends. So they'll send you a text or an email or a call when it's quote, not business hours. Yeah, totally. Um, especially event time, like in the lead up to a big conference, we'll be available to our clients during evenings and, you know, weekends if we need to. But anything other than that, I'd find, because I do a lot of work early morning and late at night as well. And if I'm replying to emails, then I'm coaching my clients that I'm available or if I'm replying to text messages. So I'll be working, but I won't be sending communications that are outside business hours. Okay. And yeah. so do you just like write them, have them all set in draft and once it ticks over to 8.30 or something, just slowly dribble them out? Or I think some mail systems you can set up saying, send this at a certain time. So do you use that kind of facility? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, we do for like our automated and sort of scheduled emails, but yeah, for my inbox, I'll sort of draft things up and then hit send come nine o'clock. Right. So you've written the book on events um, and your business venue to events is, is all about aligning the right venues for the events. Tell us your story. How did this all come about? Yeah. Wow. Okay. My story is kind of a a by default story actually. Oh, we love Uh, those. (laughs) I left school, studied science at university because that's kind of what you did, right? And um, I fainted during a rat dissection and (laughs) thought that (laughs) maybe the white lab coat wasn't for me. And I was just working part-time, you know, studying at uni and I was talking to one of the girls there and she's like, I'm studying event management. I'm like, what? Is that a thing? Can you study that? Is that a career? Uh, Because it was only offered at TAFE um, at that point in time. So I took off the lab coat ditched uni, went to TAFE, did event management, got my first job in catering as an event coordinator. And um, I guess long story short, a year into my building my career within the industry, I got really sick with chronic fatigue. And um, so I had to leave my job. I was in bed for 12 months. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So at that time, I was, what, like 23, just broken into the industry. I won the job over like 400 applicants and was saving to like go work overseas in events. And so, yeah, 12 months in bed, my darling mother took me to every kind of doctor under the sun. And, yeah, finally we found something that that worked, like a, a combination of sort of therapies, I guess. And I got better and thought that I wasn't reliable for full-time employment back in events. But why don't I just run a few events from home? And that's how she started. <laughs> okay. And so basically you just fell into the role of becoming a, an event manager purely because of your health, your experience, and you, you liked events as well. Yeah, totally. Loved events, would not be doing anything else. And I made up a business card and I slept during the day, went to networking events at night and told people I was an event manager. Fantastic. (laughs) Now, I'm really interesting because you've done what a lot of event managers don't do. And that is leverage to the next level. Because not only do you run events, but you also educate people about events. And that's what your book's about, which, and for those of you who haven't uh, read Kim's book, it is well worth getting it. It's, it's, it's got some great foundation material in it, but it also has some really take it to the next level kind of stuff. So I'm really interested in what took you from being the, um, I'm just sort of uh, part-time while my health gets stronger doing events to, hang on a second, I can leverage this and go big and huge and become the expert in the industry because that's a big step. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? <laughs> It's funny when you look back and someone goes, that's a big step. You're like, oh, yeah, I didn't sort of think of that. Yeah. I, I just kind of felt like I had all of this knowledge. Like we were running events. Uh, we, we were doing them really well. And I had all of these templates and all of these checklists. And I'd often come across so many people who needed my help but couldn't afford an event manager. And so that's where it all sort of came about where I can, I can put this stuff into a book. I can turn it into training courses where I can share the love with people and help them create really great events. So, so tell me about what you do because like, yes, you run events, but what other things like what does um, uh, venues to events do and what, what sort of training do you do in that industry? Yeah, sure. I guess there's sort of three main arms to the business. So number one is we've got 
our online venue directory. So kind of like a hotels.com where you can jump online and search for a function space essentially. So you can look in Sydney for a hundred people and maybe you want a venue with a water view and up will come your results and you can contact the venues direct from there. Uh, number two is we have a conference organizing arm. So we manage probably about five conferences a year uh, national conferences where we bring in, you know, whole teams of companies together for like four so days. I've got to let the listeners know because in this recording, we've got video, so we're looking at each other's face. And oh, yeah. Don Kim's face is, is the whole, oh, I do sort of five conferences a year. And for those, there's a lot of people out there listening going, oh, well, that's not many, but five conferences is a lot. Like, especially if they're two or three day events, the amount of energies do you need to sustain to keep doing that's that's like that's a significant thing to be doing yeah yeah that's true i i'm glad thank you for picking that up because five events a year it doesn't sound like much but i probably go oh five events oh my gosh we should probably only be doing three yeah, we did three. <laughs> yeah 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 but because that, that's the thing because people sort of go oh five events really that's not but it's not just the two days of the events it's the bump in it's the bump out it's the months of planning it's the getting the sponsors and the speakers and the decorations mm. and the, it, there are so many people involved. It takes so much effort. Oh yeah. yeah. Right, so sorry, I've interrupted. Yeah, so we've no, talked no, about- No, no, you're totally online. fine. Um, events and number three is, is training. So we run a training program called Event Ninja Academy, where we teach people who are working within the corporates or within associations, how to become event ninjas essentially. Right. So that's, because typically a lot of corporates will say to some of the office staff, oh, let's have an event, you organize it. And that's essentially the level of training they get, yeah? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Nail on the head. <laughs> and there's only so much you can learn by bumbling along and making mistakes because the corporates are like, we don't want to pay money for this. We'll just get you to do it. So you're basically helping them become a lot more proficient at the events. Absolutely, yep. Right. So how, what sort of size corporate is is using your services for that are they the small to medium businesses or some of the large businesses with their different departments yeah we've got everything from sort of universities to the association corporate so we go in and we can either train their entire event team so we've trained teams of 12 people who are in-house event managers and then it's just you know maybe one marketing manager who is responsible for the company conference once a year right Okay. So in terms of your business, in terms of, right, this is, we've got our online stuff, our events, and our, our, we train people. What sort of percentage ratio is your revenue for that? Like, is it, and feel free to say none of your business don't, don't answer, but just in terms of breakdown, how much of your business, whether it's, you know, revenue or whether it's time spent, you know, what, what is it for you? Mm, yeah, good, good question. No, happy to answer it. For for us, probably the conference management would sit at around the forty percent. I mean, it's big ticket items, and then you split split the others in half training and and the okay. online directory. Yeah. So the online, it's really interesting your online directory in that um, you've got it set up where it's you search, you find it, then you contact the venue directly. So. Whereas you referred to like booking.com or whatever before, they're always taking a cut of whatever the booking is. So how do you, how did, how does that work for you financially? Do you have to, do the venue have to pay to be on there? Does the person have to pay to have access? Um, is there an annual subscription fee? What sort of model are you using to make that work for you? Ah, yeah, good pickup. Um, so it's absolutely free for people who are planning events to use. We charge the venues a small advertising fee to promote their space and yep. we don't take a cut of, of any confirmed bookings. So it means that the event planners are getting 
you know, good rates. Great. Oh, that's cool because that what that means is there's low overheads for for the for the venues to get out there uh, and also for people to find it because I think you know both you and I have been to some really funky events and then you look where do they find this place like it's a little warehouse in the middle of the CBD down a back alleyway with some dodgy person going oh yeah this way and if you don't know about it you don't know so wh- how how do you get those venues to come to you yeah, well, it's a lot of research, a lot of, um, you know, going out there and trying to find unique venues as well. Mm-hmm. And then we get a lot of venues contacting us as well. I guess we've, we've been lucky enough, we hold our own events and we, we have a bit of a brand in the industry. So it's really lovely when venues are saying, hey, how can I promote with you guys as well? Right. So where does that cover? Is it just the capital cities or are you looking at there's no real geographic restriction because you know, you're on the internet. So if someone says we want to have something in Dubbo, you've got, you've got it covered. Yeah. We have what we call a regional section for (laughs) our venues that are kind of out of the CBD of, or I guess main cities. Yeah. Yeah. Is there much call for regional events? Yeah. Look, totally. I mean, there's not, they're definitely not going to get as many search results as, you know, the city-based ones, but sure. yeah, lots of people are taking conferences into regional areas because they have them contained. There's no distractions and it's also sometimes more cost-effective as well. Right. So what do you mean by more cost-effective? Oh, cheaper rates, <laughs> cheaper accommodation, better, you know, function packages and, and things like that. Is it, is it more cost-effective even though they've got to fly them or drive them for a couple of hours out of a, away from an airport? Sometimes, you know what, I was just talking to the guys at Pullman out at Bunker Bay in WA. They have, if you book your conference with them, they will give you free bus shuttles for your delegates from Perth. Wow. Yeah. And how long is that bus ride to Bunker Bay from Perth? I think it's a couple of hours. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the venues are happy to sort of do a deal or do what it takes to sort of get the business or make it happen easier. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So as you've um, fallen over your career and picked yourself up and got into it as sort of what's happened, what have been some of the key things that, or the key mistakes you've made that you've now learned not to do? Oh my gosh. Key mistakes. Or what have been some of the things that you wish you'd known earlier? Okay. I wish I'd known earlier to trust my intuition. That is a big part of the way that I do business now. Um, Believing in myself. And big one, valuing your time. I think when you're sort of starting out in business and maybe even in, you know, your career as well, I think you take on too much or you accept way too many meetings instead of focusing on building what you need to. Right. Okay. So trust your instinct more. What else? What have been some other key learnings for you that have really set you down the path of success? Partnerships. So partnering with other industry names and brands like our best event ever we're taking that on a road show six locations across australia very soon and we've done that by partnering with other industry brands like icmi speakers and entertainers like the convention centers like solution red and just saying to them hey we're holding this thing do you want to be part of it with us and by aligning yourself with reputable brands in your industry we've been able to leverage and really grow our database and you know our sort of coverage fantastic so when you're doing these kind of joint ventures do you have like 
legal contracts and deals and all that sort of stuff? Or is it sort of a gentlewoman's agreement where shake hands and like, should be right, we'll make it work? Hilarious, a gentlewoman's agreement. I like that. Well, it wasn't until I said gentlewoman that I thought, oh, no, ladies' agreement. That would have been better, but anyway. That's a good one too. Uh, look, we, we have, you know, an informal conversation with them first, but we all send through a proposal outlining this is what we would like from you. This is what we'll give you in return. And so it's clear cut and then we make sure we deliver on what we promise and then vice versa. Okay. So it's all, yeah. So with some of the joint ventures you might have done in the past, what have you done if they haven't done there? Like, I think there's so many people when they go through their education, you do a group assignment and you're like, no, because you get lumped with that one person who does nothing. Um, so what happens if you, in you're doing a joint venture, if that person doesn't meet their commitments? How do you manage that? I, that's always a hard one. And maybe I'm not tough enough on this because it depends who it is too like there have definitely been some brands in the industry um you know who haven't delivered what they've promised on their side but i look at that relationship and say well you know what maybe it's not worth pushing that mm -hmm. and i know that they're not a great event partner so we just don't contact them next time right and there would be it's a small industry isn't it so mm. if you get if you have an issue everyone finds out about it somehow don't they yeah, totally. <laughs> so yep. it, become, it becomes that look to the long-term relationship and you can like, okay, so they haven't delivered this time, maybe in future events they will and they have previously and you just got to suck it up and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And for us, as long as we're delivering what we promise, I think if we can take that, you know, higher ground, then we'll always come out winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. So um, do, you, do you often find that you go into meetings or relationships with that whole concept of take the higher ground and you know it's like take responsibility for our own staff and if they don't quite get to where they're after well that's just that's okay yeah yeah definitely and um, and sometimes it's a time factor but for us if if we're going out there and, and doing great work i think that what you put out there will come back to you as well yeah kim what does the future hold for you and your business <sighs> oh for me, I, I see such power in the events industry. I, you know, right now everybody's so technologically connected and I can only see this massive wave of potential for events because companies are now seeing the value in connecting humans face to face, right? Mm. And so I think our industry has this massive growth and I just can't wait to see all of the events and all the companies getting on board, holding more events and yeah, getting people in a room face to face. Right. So as the woman who's written the book on events, yeah. what's your favorite kind of event? What as a, as a, a delegate or a participant, what do you love to go to? You know, is, and it could be, you know, weddings, it could be big corporate hoo-hahs. It could be those get free stuff no matter where you go. What, what sort of stuff that what, what's been an event that you've just gone, this was just the best thing I've ever experienced. Yes. Yeah, see, that's a great question because me, I am more of an introvert. So I love nothing more than just hanging out on my couch with myself and my hubby and my cat. Um, but I think if you can walk away from an event feeling inspired, feeling like you've learnt something that, you know, can help you or it might change your life even because I really think that events can help you do that. Right. Then that's the kind of event for me. Not so much the, 
the networking chat chat. I like to feel like I've gotten value out of something for my yeah. time because time's something you can't get back. Yeah. And that's, that is always a challenge for event organizers, isn't it? Is that not everyone in the room is an extrovert or an introvert and there's varying degrees. So to have that level of engagement across the different types of people, that's a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've done to help meet that challenge? Yeah. Different, different styles of speakers, different topics. I think it's also nice to have, you know, networking, but not like throw them full on into networking. Maybe you can have some different stations and, and ease them in as well. Lots of seating too, I think is nice sometimes where people can, you know, grab a seat, scope out the area and then, yeah, take it from there. So you're almost talking facilitated networking. So it's not like, right, everybody go and get 50 business cards. It's like, Hey, form a little group and then we'll maybe change a bit. And so there's not that pressure to go, 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 go. Yeah, absolutely. And one, one thing I noticed too, is we ran an event and we had a a VIP ticket and the VIP ticket had on it, you'll get front row seating. And I actually had someone at the event say, Kim, I almost didn't buy this VIP ticket because I didn't want to sit in the front row. Yeah. So there's definitely different types of people and they're the kinds of things you have to be thinking about all the time as an event planner. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, Kim, if thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting to you about um, and hearing about the different elements of your business, how you got into it. If people want some help with their event or if they want to find out more about the services that you offer uh, or even get a copy of your delightful book, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Oh, the best way, just head on over to thatwasthebesteventever.com. Thatwasthebesteventever.com. Yep. So if you want to get in touch with Kim, head over there and it has all her details and you can get in touch with her and the team and find out more. Kim, thank you so much for your time today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Mary. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Mary. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.